We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, coming at you guys from Blue Wire Studios here in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. It was a fun weekend, a lot of combat sports over the weekend. If you guys don't know how this week is going to play out, I'll remind you. So you'll have this episode, which is boxing and MMA combined. We'll recap some big boxing matches from last weekend, talk about Canelo and Charlo's press tour this week, and then, of course, preview UFC 292 going down in Boston this weekend. So we'll leave you guys with that. No pro wrestling show this week, but we won't leave you guys high and dry. Over the next two weeks while we're on vacation, well, I'm on vacation, and at the ESPN Company Retreat I have to go to every year, and the old men... What, you just get time to be a dad and at home and not come to the strip, which is sure. always nice. Yep. Um, so within those two weeks, we'll have three special episodes, which you guys will be hearing. So Thursday, the following Tuesday, and the following Thursday, we'll be releasing these three. They're shorter, but very special and cool episodes. So you guys will really like those, I promise you. And that's how we'll get to when we return, in which we'll recap some of the stuff we missed. Uh, we'll talk boxing, two big boxing events, including Usyk. And then uh, Jared Anderson, uh, after we return, we'll have one hell of a slate for AEW once we return and talking about all of that. So a lot going down. Once we come back, we're hitting the ball rolling. But as I mentioned, today is boxing and MMA. Dre, I flipped the coin. Terrence Crawford style. And we're starting with boxing today. Okay. So last weekend, Anthony Joshua, UK, Late opponent, we talked about it, opponent, Dillian White, pop for everything. Cool. So he gets, in my opinion, a better opponent for this fight. And I'll explain why. So he's in this fight, and he comes into this against Robert Hellenius, who had fought the weekend before, picked up a win in what looked like a basement. It was a castle. It was a castle. That's where he fought. All right. He, he fought like a knight of the round table. He picked up a win there, and they're like, hey, you know what you get for this? A fight with Anthony Joshua. So I guess he's like, yo, I'm still in shape. I just had a full camp for this. 
Let's do it. And he goes in and replaces Dillian White. But I liked it because if Wilder's truly next, we have a common opponent. Yep. Sure, Wilder had much more preparation. Hellenius also had preparation for that right hand. Everything was a little bit different. It was in the U.S. Hellenius had to travel. It's a little closer. Circumstances are different. But we got to see how they match up against someone similar, which we always don't get to see because one's an American heavyweight, one's a British heavyweight. And for some reason, we don't get too much meshing there. Unless your name's Tyson Fury. So we get into this fight. Uh, by the way, on the undercard of this, which was pretty wild. Derek Chisora won. He's 39 yes. years old. He's trying to get to 55. Is that the goal? That's, he says he's not retiring until he gets to 55. That's a dangerous game. But he wants to play, so. I thought he was a candidate to move up into the spot, but yeah. at least the man took a win. He wanted to win. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to lose. He wanted uh, to win. Can't get to 50 if you keep getting the brakes beat off. Yeah, he fought Tyson Fury. He's, his bag is fine. He doesn't need to get oh. beat by Anthony Joshua, too. No. He'll take that check in, like, a full camp. Yeah. He don't get one more bag. Yeah. Maybe Ruiz or something like that. Somebody. Juggernaut, if he needs a, a bounce back, they're going to feed him to someone. So that's, that's good. He won. He's going on. In terms of AJ, he comes in this fight against Hellenius. He gets the, the pyro. The fight still feels big. Hellenius comes out, and immediately I'm glued to the television. Got to beat him in one round. Why? Because Deontay Wilder sparked him in three punches. He's got a new trainer. He needed to get rounds in. There's, That's why, the difference. Him knocking, him knocking Hellenius out in one round would have gave him, given him nothing in terms of like in-ring action with Might a new as well trainer. not as just say, okay, my opponent's gone. I'm not fighting. Yeah, the, the, yeah. so you need to get some rounds. This only, the main reason why I took the fight, he needed to get rounds. He wanted to stay busy. I would argue Wilder also needed rounds. Wilder doesn't get, he doesn't need rounds. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> Malik Scott would uh, beg to differ. Malik would, I bet you Deontay wouldn't. Deontay can't help it. He's like, yo, Malik, I'm trying. I'm trying to go in here. I'm trying to give you rounds. I touched him with the right. He was backing up. He's like, yo, I just touched him. Boop. Dude, Out. yeah. Wilder doesn't need rounds. Nothing's going to change. You give 12 rounds, 10 rounds, 4 rounds. What if he has an uppercut? Sure, whatever. If he goes southpaw. He won't. But Joshua needed to get those rounds in for the fight. And he shows some, a little bit, some wrinkles to his game. He started, he's now has the long jab to the body, which is the reason why he got the knockout in the first place. He used the long jab to the body. He was trying to use his head a little bit more, countering off the jab. He was showing some new wrinkles with Derrick James. Uh, you know, some people booed it, but he needed it, yeah. right? Like, after the Jermaine Franklin performance, which wasn't great, and then he gets this, and then he, you know, the only thing that matters is this, the way he knocked him out, which is pretty fucking savage. No, I mean, the the fake to the body after going to the body all yeah. fight, and then just one hitter coming over the top. It was a shade of, okay, this guy is in there. Because on his way up, it was an offensive just blitzing of his opponents. Yes. Even to the point of when he got to Klitschko, Klitschko sat his ass down for a second, but he was able to get up and still he just had, he had one speed and he ran through people. Yep. It really didn't change until Andrew Ruiz. This is exactly, that was a night of change. <laughs> Him getting knocked out for, by Ruiz changed his life. And he didn't even get sparked. He just kind of got stopped in the corner. He got caught. He got caught in that fight. Overzealous, trying to be a wrecking machine. 
Fought a man that he didn't train for, didn't prepare for, probably didn't know a whole lot about. Knocked Ruiz down. You it know, looked like the fight was about to be over. Chris Mannix, oh, it's about to be over. Yeah, the other way. <laughs> it changed his life. He hasn't been the same. And then he loses two fights to Usyk, and he's got to figure things out. So he's an Olympic boxer, so he has the pedigree. He just has to put it all together. It's, it's just still, not what separates him from everyone else. That, that aggression yeah. and athleticism is what separated him. But now he doesn't trust his jaw to, to hold up during it. No, Hellenius but, was a, a distance. Yeah, I mean, look. So here's the deal. Obviously, the play is Wilder, Joshua. Looking, you know, Eddie Hearns talking about January. We'll see. Yeah, January, February, somewhere around there. It's, even right now, I still, you know, there's talk that maybe Joshua should take another fight. Maybe he should. I don't know against who. But... Derek Chisora. <laughs> but Wilder Joshua is like, it's, it's a big fight. Yeah. It's huge, right? I hate to be in Saudi Arabia, but they'll get both of them paid, whatever. The fight gets made, right? That's all that really matters. I know a lot of people think that Wilder is going to kill Joshua. Maybe me included. Yes. There's this interesting thing that I was thinking about when I was watching Wilder's fights. When's the last time that motherfucker won a round? This is no disrespect to Deontay Wilder. When's the last time you won a round without a knockdown? <sighs> yeah. Without a knockdown is key. Because I could have gave you yeah. rounds. You could have, you know, Fury like, fights. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, give me a down. fight where he, he won a round without knocking his opponent down. He won round one of Fury Wilder three. When he came out and was jabbing Tyson to the body. You won like, that round? Yeah, he added a new weapon. And Tyson was just kind of feeling him out. And... He stepped in, kept the right hand up, boom, jab to the body. And I think you tweeted about it. You were like the first one. You're like, oh, that's, that's what I'm talking about. He has to add that. And then two rounds later, it's like, what happened to the, what happened to the <laughs> body just work? Abandoned it. And it was gone. But the, the first round he won. He won round one against Tyson Fury, Fury Wilder three. Before then, bro, right. he lost too. like every round against Luis Ortiz. Yeah. Like he loses so many rounds. I'm not saying that Joshua can stay upright for 12 rounds. But at a certain point, you start going, there's an actual blueprint. You got to stay upright only for like six. Yeah, seven. but you don't want to get, everybody's not Tyson Fury. No, but it shows if you, if you can stay upright and kind of lean on Wilder. That's what I'm saying. That gas tank is gone. You have to, like. You could knock him out. There is, like, I know everybody thinks he's going to murder him, but there is a scenario where Joshua could win this fight. Oh, yeah, it's. I also think he gets murdered because the, the chin is it's just It's just too much. Um, and Wilder caught Fury. That's And Fury's defense was so good, and he's arguably the best defensive heavyweight of this generation. Uh, I don't know who would test him on that. So with the footwork, the balance, the head movement, everything Fury can do, he couldn't escape Wilder's punch. No. At all. In any fight, he got hit in every fight. He got buzzed in every fight, dropped in two of them so it's just one of those things where joshua you don't move like that no he's going to touch you that's it's that that's the problem do you have the heart to get up because if you do and push him past that threshold you can do what ruiz did to you where it's just like okay i took your best shot now how do you handle this and we've seen wilder wilt under that pressure if you can do it you yeah. just got to eat you just got to eat it to do it. It's, that's, it's hard. But one man's been able to do it. Yeah, one man. And nobody else, that man's a unicorn. 
right? Yeah. He's different. But I saw a lot of people being critical of Joshua. I thought the performance was fine. He got the knockout. Whatever. I, I, there's, I have no complaints about his performance. I thought he just needed the knockout. That's like, it. Round one, it's, it's just funny to like match yeah. it. But like you couldn't go to decision no, against Millennials. No, no. I tweeted it. I was like, all right, that's enough. Let's get, go ahead and get him out of here. Like, we've seen enough. It's time to go home. Like, that's what Joshua needed to do, and he did that. And it was an emphatic knockout. He gives us the DX crotch chop afterwards. As Millennials' lifeless body is on the ground, he's over here giving crotch chops, which I thought was pro wrestling. That was great. <laughs> But now, yeah, if if we're going to do the Wilder-Joshua fight, it sucks. Again, Saudi Arabia, I wish it was somewhere where I'm going to go. There's a possibility I might we end up could go to Saudi. If I, I go to there. Saudi, it's for that fight. Yeah. It'd be like ESPN Plus pay-per-view mixed with, like, DAZN, which we've just seen, like, several of those. So there's, like, it's there's no a, longer a problem. Yeah. I don't know how you mix in Showtime. But... I mean, I don't even know what's going on with Wilder's situation with PBC. Yeah, that's... It's been very quiet. Lately. That'd be the only, like, hurdle... But outside of that, Usyk is fighting on E+, Fury fights on E+, DAZN just partnered with E+. It's, like, it's pretty easy to like figure that out in pay-per-view. That's a monster fight. And if that's what's going to happen, I'm excited for that fight. Fuck, if I go, you got to go. Because then we got to catch the same fight. Yeah. We got to be playing Nintendo Switch. I ain't going by myself. Yeah, you got to bring a Switch and a battery pack for that long-ass flight. Oh, they better have the charger port. They do. When I flew to Riyadh, it was, the flight was great. I just, you know, once you get over to that certain Where'd point. Where would you have to go? I had to go to London, okay, and then I connected. Did I have two stops or one? I can't remember. We now have direct from here to London, so yeah. I caught that for eleven before. No, I did. I did London, and then I think I can't remember if I had to fly somewhere else in the Saudi Arabia. If we took a small plane, I remember getting on a small plane. I don't like small planes. No, that doesn't sound fun. No, at it's all. A, it was a very small plane, but yeah, the first was it, flight was, was everyone just going to cover the fight on this small plane. No, I don't think. I was like a couple of zone people with me on the flight, but for the most part, it was people like going to Saudi Arabia, I guess. It wasn't <laughs> just on holiday. It, it was, it was wild, man. But it, that flight, God, I was so discombobulated. It was such a long flight and it up was down, down was up. Like you're in the same place for 24 hours. It took 24 hours. Like total with layover. Cause like I had my choice of flights, but I want a layover cause I wanted to eat. I wanted to walk around. So it ended up being like 21 hours total with a layover but i think it's total i think the flight's like it's it's crazy it's crazy but it's the worst things you can do but i did it and i was like i'm never doing this again but if they you know push comes to sub and they if say they, hey, if they put both heavyweight fights on the same card then they're not they couldn't I, I i don't think they're gonna be able to pull that the money is guaranteed no the money is guaranteed i just don't think it's gonna happen i think it'll just be joshua and wilder I can see, that, but I, I can also see Fury. He's in an exhibition, and Usyk is ready. Sure. And they're just like, all right, let's do it too. And then you look at it, and Saudi, as we've seen in WWE, as we've seen in um, World Cup, other, other sports, they're here to try to make history as much as anything. They want to be grandiose and as big as possible. Nothing's bigger, because no one else could ever pull that. No, just the only problem is the broadcast would be like, we're kind of blowing it here, guys. Like, so this is not going to sell more pay-per-views. Good. Not that much more. No, not as much as splitting it. You split these up into, like, two pay-per-views and back-to-back weeks, like, honestly. But this shit ain't for the broadcast. No, well, somebody's got to broadcast this shit. Yeah, but they don't go, the fighters don't go fuck. They're like, no, the fighters this, don't care. This fight isn't for the broadcasters. If I got to pay you a stupid percentage, I'll give you 
five mil of my $80 million purse yeah. to shut the hell up. And you put this on at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah. If I tell you to, I just, I don't think it's going to happen. It could. I just, I think it'll just be I really a hope so. That'd be some good, like boxing on a roll. That, that'd be on some. Like, I mean, the that's... heavyweight division is the one division that sucked ass over these like past year. Solve that shit in a night. Literally one night. And then <laughs> one night. you're back in the same problem. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Directly after Again, AJ's doing push-ups in his front of his yard like he's Terrell Owens now. The buildup between him and and Wilder should be fun if that's yeah, the next definitely, fight. Because I don't think they're, like, mean to each other. Like, they don't got beef. But I think competitively, the shit talks. Oh, it, yeah. They'll, they'll – just remember, they were supposed to fight for the undisputed heavyweight title. Yeah. And, you know, that shit got blown to bits, and I was around them both for that, and – it was competitive, you know, like, you know, Shelly Finkel was blaming the zone and Eddie Hearn. It was a mess. But I'm sure that that's going to come up of who was scared of who. Yep. And Joshua's on this, he's different. Like, he's not Mr. Nice Guy anymore. He's, like, angry a lot of the time. And, you know, and Deontay Wilder's Deontay Wilder. He'll respect him, but at, at some point, those two will have some words. Definitely. And then the other fight over the weekend, uh, Emmanuel Navarrete. Versus Oscar Valdez. I gotta stop doubting Emmanuel Navarrete. I gotta stop picking against his ass too. Because his style it's, ain't good looking. Like it, no. it's just ugly. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like the things <laughs> that he does in the ring, the where he throws punches from, there's nothing very consistent about his offense. It's a lot of awkward angles, and it feels like things you could pick off. And other fighters for the last three fights have found success against him. Yep. He got dropped. He was losing rounds. Uh, Joe Gonzalez was banging away at the body. It was just like, damn, there's a blueprint here. Leaves a lot of shit open. And then he goes to fight Oscar Valdez and just kind of, I mean, the fight was a lot closer than those scorecards. That 119-110 yes. scorecard was fucking nuts. But he won that fight. He had Valdez's eyes swollen shut, yep. landing combinations. And the other thing is that man's face must be made out of leather because nothing ever happens to it. No. Valdez is the opposite. Yeah, he got plucked and his eyes started swelling. Yeah, he has the Diaz face. Man, yeah. but Navarrete looked really good. Still, I'm watching this fight and I'm going, damn, I wonder if Inouye can make it to 130. 
I just don't know. Navarrete, he wins because he's all volley. Very much so. That's it. You look at the combi box for this fight. He threw 1,038 punches in 12 rounds. And then Oscar threw 436 in those same third, uh, 12 rounds. Oscar landed 32% of his punches. Not right, they landed 21%. Yeah. And it was just like, judges gave him a runaway. Mm-hmm. And sooner or later, like, all those punches don't land. That awkward ass, like, front uppercut, though, is filthy. I yeah, it just, you, you never just know when it's coming or where it's coming from. Valdez just wasn't busy enough, but it was because Navarrete was neutralizing his offense. And Valdez is very good offensively. Yeah. With both hands. He's very good offensively. And he got neutralized because he just couldn't figure out what was coming at him. And he got beat. And now Navarrete is the man at 130. Ugh. Well, now you... 130 is the weirdest division because now you have four different champions. Yes, you no do. No unified champions. Um, Shakur vacated his belts and stripped of his belts, moved up, and now they're all over the place. So Joe Cordina versus Hector Luis Garcia should be a fight that should be easy to make, but... Yeah, you'd think. It's not. <laughs> and then uh, Foster has the other belt, and he's Thank completely... Yeah, Shaky. And then he's on the complete opposite side. So that shit ain't getting made until it has to. So 130 is like the weirdest division. I still feel like there's a better fighter out there that can just, if they could just make 130, there, there has to be someone at 135. You just make 130, you sweep the whole fucking division. I mean, Stephen Fulton's announced he's going to 126, yeah. right? I'm curious what he looks at, like at 130. Brandon Figueroa, I'm curious what he looks like if he goes to 130. In a way, I'm just, I'm really curious how his body feels out. He doesn't have a Manny Pacquiao like stocky build. No. Very wiry. I don't know if he makes 130 comfort. I mean, the man just got to 122. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like over time, I don't know if he if what his ceiling is as far as weight is concerned. But I could very much see Fulton and Figueroa going up to 130. Yeah. You look at that, you have um Robesi Ramirez being yeah. able to do yep. things. Him versus Navarrete would be a good fight, just stylistically. I still say, like, if Navarrete doesn't have to defend this title immediately and he's just looking to see and they just want to, like, figure out what the hell he is, even a catch weight against Keyshawn might be really fucking interesting. Like, a 133-pound catch weight. I don't think they want to ruin him yet. Talk about a catch weight with Shakur. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'll take Keyshawn before I take Shakur. That both are true. I just, I want to stay. Yeah, for a hot second. Yeah. But the man wants a, a money fight. I that's what's so interesting in the handling of Hispanic fighters is because, like, Mexican style is so much like a thing. And top rank, everyone always says, and, like, just my objective opinion, they're like, yo, they, they promote Spanish fighters, Hispanic fighters so much better than they promote other fighters. And looking from the outside in, it's like, yeah, because they're just happy to be here a lot of the time. They don't understand. They don't have, like, that Floyd mentality. They didn't grow up in the States, like, they don't understand that, yo, you're missing out on a lot of money sometimes. It's just like $2 million. $2 million and I get to go home? Yep. Oh, this I get a land. The whole fam is good. We got horses. We chilling. Like, that goes a long way. You, <laughs> you look at uh, Marcos Maidana. Marcos, like, fought Floyd twice. I'm out. Boy, he went to Argentina and was the king of Argentina. I'm out. He that's, came home. That's three <laughs> lifetimes in Argentina. He's like, welcome, King. And he probably had mad bitches. Like, he probably had everything. Everything. All for two fights. That's it. And then he was just like, I'm, like, why even make weight for the rest of my life? He just got fat as hell. And he was like, I'm good. He got fake De La Hoya abs now. I know I saw. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking about making a comeback. If somebody's 
Somebody had talked some sense to him. It was like, listen, man, you're not making Floyd money coming back. So just chill. Yeah, relax. But it's like three lifetimes worth of money. But so when you look at it, it's like, yeah, do they? It's like, no, they just don't complain as much because they're grateful for what they have. But it would be interesting if someone like Navarrete, who's young, three-division champion already, says, right. oh, I want to dare to be great. I want money. Yeah. Like, at yeah. the end of the day, like, I want super fight. This is cute. Oscar fights probably a good amount of dough mm-hmm. um, in terms of what he's made before. But he's like, yo, I, I, you can't look at this and be like, I shouldn't be making Shakur money. And Shakur's chasing somebody else's money. Yep. Like, he's, he's chasing tank money. Yeah, he's, he's trying but, to get somebody else's back. Yeah, but you, you're looking at this and you're like, he just fought Oscar Valdez. How much did he make? More than you. Because I don't think <laughs> I made that. And yep. we were both packed out, you know, well, it's not an NBA arena. Yeah. But it was like, yo, good crowd here. He sold out Newark for his fight or whatever. Cool, but it's like, I don't think the math is math. So sooner or later, you're like, do I got to fight him to get that back? Yeah. Because you can't eat a win-loss record. Nah, man. You gotta, can't eat them titles either. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to see when people say, like, that aspect of things. And then, on the other hand, we have a build towards a fight that's not until end of September. And off the back of these big fights, we have Canelo and Charlo doing their press tour. What's the first York, thing you LA. noticed today? Charlo's big as shit. Fucking huge. <laughs> like, like, you look at them, you'd be like, Wait, who's jumping up two weight classes? That's the first thing I said. Because I knew Charles was big because I've been around him. But at that particular moment, as soon as he stood next to Canelo, I was like, oh, my God. Or Canelo's small. I, I don't know which way. Canelo to... is a small six. Like, he's a small stocky 68, right? Canelo don't look stocky, right? Canelo, it's weird. Um, that's the second thing I noticed. I was like, Canelo's a little, like, chunky. Nah, he'll be fine. No, no, he's yeah. not going to miss weight. No, no, I'm no, just no, saying, no. like... Um, he looks like your body should look at 33 years old. Yeah. You look at him and say, this isn't 26-year-old Canelo anymore. No, he's old Or you Canelo. walk around and you're just like, do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Like, no, he'll look pretty ripped on the scale. But then, you know, you got a little, got some 33-year-old chunk on you. Dude, he's, I, I said this before, this is not the fight that people think is about to happen. Unless Charlo just completely shits the bed and Canelo finds... The Kayla Plant Canelo, this is going to be a lot more competitive than people think. And the other thing is, when I was looking at him, not to mention like the size difference, and yes, Charlo, he makes 54, but clearly he struggles to make 54. You look at his frame, he's huge. But Canelo doesn't use his weight. He doesn't use his size. No, he's not a weight bully. So even in this fight, you know, it's, it really boils down to timing, counterpunching, and activity. And... Charlo's had problems with all three of them yeah. over his career. But it's going to be difficult for him because, well, the two things got to happen as we head towards this fight, which probably is probably going to end up doing better pay-per-views than Spence Crawford because it's Canelo. Yeah, it's all different. It's because it's Canelo. You have the black community and you have Mexican community. No UFC fight that weekend. Yeah, it's, it's just it's Canelo. Yeah. But... How's the loitering going to be? The loitering's going to be interesting. I wonder if Dre's brings him out. Because Charlo, they like, probably will. It's, I mean, Charlo. Yeah, uh, they're not. They're going to. They're going to blow this out. They, they're going to. PBC has. They really have no choice. 
I mean, it's the reason why the Charlos were put up against Canelo in the first place is because they're trying to make them stars. Yeah. And they're trying to leverage Canelo. We just don't know what's going on with Jamal. And interestingly enough, even today, as I like talk about the fight a little bit, I don't know if you watched the, the broadcast, the, the live stream. Yeah. They were asking Jamel about Jamal. And Jamal's like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's talking about he next. I was like, yo, is there fr- friction between these two brothers, like, still? It seems like it. They haven't been, like, right. They're twin brothers, but it's like, I don't know if they like each other. They love each other. But, they, yeah, love and like are two different things. And the idea that Jamal wants next to Jamel is like, next what? You going to fight me? Because I'm trying to win. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. <clears throat> you going to fight him for no belts? Right. Because I'm about to have all these. So, like, you get to fight him if you want to fight him. But, uh, yeah, the size, the size, I was just like, man, he's. Now, carrying the weight in the fight is different than how he looked today, right? Yeah. The punching power, like your punch resistance. Because Canelo can still counter your ass to death yeah. if he wants to. I just, man, I'm just looking at him like, man, you're, you're an old 32. You're old, Canelo. Like, you're not young. And you're fighting Charlo, who is very hungry. Same age. Yeah, but Charlo's the different. Miles is different. Yeah, the, yeah, the mileage is no, different. I found out Charlo turned um, pro at like 18. Yeah. Well, turned at 18, at 16, turned at 18. So I was like, you know what? He has miles, though. It ain't like, the same. Canelo's got miles. Got like cab driver miles. I mean, but he's got a lot of rounds. Making yeah. weight all those years, moving up, moving down. Charles like, doing the same, though. He's, but Charles is not as active. Like, he's got, what, half of Canelo's fights? Yeah, but he's had some tough-ass fights. He's had a few. It always just goes back to me, like, yo, he had tough-ass fights against guys who were smaller and weren't Canelo. Yeah, man. Castaño, you could think the world of Castaño. Like, you could be his best friend and be like, yo, this guy is great. It just wasn't his night that night. Cool. You size up Castaño with Canelo, size versus size, power versus power, skill versus skill. That's just not comparable. Canelo at whatever age. No, it's true. And it's just like, you, you fought even to him. And it was like, until you knocked him out. Like, everything else was even. So it was just like, Okay, we we saw two fights. Not like I just saw one. It's one of those things where it's like, are you going to fight up to your competition? Yes, that's what he does. No, I've seen him fight down to his competition. Yes, no, he'll fight up. I've I've seen him fight how he's supposed to be. This is the first time where you got to fight up to your competition. Dude, but I think that's what makes this dangerous. I think, like a lot of people forget, like he knocked out Jason Rosario with a jab to the body. That was a great knock. And Jason Rosario, they thought that he beat Charlo. Like, Charlo, when, when, when the chips are stacked against him, he's, he's wired different when it comes to that. Like, he likes proving people wrong. Like, he's looking forward to this fight in ways that I don't think Canelo's necessarily ready for. Canelo knows, like, oh, it's making history. It's undisputed versus undisputed. But the want to win is what Charlo has more than Canelo at this point. Canelo's he's, not chasing anything. No. And Char- Charlo's looking at it as, like, I want that. Like, if I beat, because nobody thinks I can do it. Yeah. I'm jumping up two weight classes. Here's the problem. I've said this on other shows. This is a lose-lose situation for both fighters, unless one thing happens. The, the, <laughs> the issue is, Canelo beats Charlo, nobody cares. He beat a smaller fighter, right? If Charlo gets dusted by Canelo, this is really bad for Charlo. Now I had to go back to 54 with Terrence Crawford like, come on, man, you fucking up the money. Because now nobody wants to see you as much. Yep. If you keep it close, it's the only scenario where Charlo wins. Canelo does not. 
Charlo, now, if he keeps it close, loses 115-113 on two scorecards at 16-12, people go, oh, man, if he had a rematch, he'd do even better. But here's the problem with that. If Jamel Charlo keeps that fight close, he's going to want to fight Canelo again. Yeah. Meanwhile, Crawford's like, hey, what's up? The other issue is... Tim Zhu, like, what up? Tim Zhu as well. The other issue is, can Charlo come back down to 54? That's Roy the, Johnson. That's yeah. the most dangerous part of this fight, is... Everybody wants Charlo and Crawford. But if Charlo were to win, he ain't fighting Crawford at 54. He ain't never coming back. He, he, his body probably won't let him. There's no reason. Because he's putting on a different kind of weight for this fight. He's going to add some muscle. Like, he's not going to eat his way up to, to 68. He's going to frame himself out to 68. Yeah. But you can't strip that muscle back. That, two weight classes? So it's a lose-lose because the fans want Crawford and Charlo. If Canelo wins, nobody cares. If Canelo keeps it close, Canelo doesn't look good. Canelo doesn't win anything in this fight, except for the people that say, well, you wouldn't fight a Charlo, brother. But immediately people are going to say, well, he's too small. Yep. No matter, even, no matter how they look today. You fought the wrong Charlo. You fought the wrong Charlo. You was expected to win. Two-way classes up. Canelo can't win this. Charlo has to keep it close. But I have my concerns that I don't know if he gets back down to 54. Canelo could starch him, highlight real knockout, and no one say shit, though. I mean, that's that, like a, that's his best case scenario. That's, that's Canelo's best case. Yeah. But for Charlo, that sucks. No, yeah. Then you got your block rocked. And then now, like, yo, Terrence Crawford's waiting on you. Like Crawford's like, I ain't fighting you no more. There's no money in it. No, the belts are there. And even if you lose, the amount of eyes on you from Canelo's fan base. Oh, it helps. Like you, you're just a bigger name. You just gotta, you just gotta have a respectable loss. Yeah, don't get started. If you get smoked. It don't look good. And again, I just don't know. Do you go back down from 68 to 54 for your next fight with Terrence Crawford, who ain't Canelo? Fuck what Jamel, Jamel Charles is talking about. Terrence Crawford's a savage. He ain't coming here to have a nice boxing competition no. with you. Like, he's trying to kill you, and the build to that fight is going to be mentally draining because he's not going to stop. Like, this version of, of Crawford we saw against Errol Spence, ain't, that's the one, ain't the one that's here for Charlo. Like, Crawford finally started talking about it in some of the interviews. Also, credit to Terrence Crawford. Being in the news cycle for two weeks after that performance, that man went from star to, like, superstar. Yeah, man, <laughs> trying to get that money. We can't stop talking about him. But he said, he was like, I don't like him. He told Sean Porter, I don't like him. He's fake. He's phony. <laughs> and if you read between the lines, it's like, he wants to fucking hurt that man. Yeah, he's going to beat the hell out of it. So, Charlos, he, he's got it. He, he has to keep it close. I mean, his best case scenario is he's got to win. Right? Like, you don't want to lose. No. But if you win, then you can leave 54 and be like, well, I was undisputed there. I can't be undisputed in two different weight classes. I'll drop those and nobody will say shit. I ain't got to deal with Terrence Crawford. Yeah. Terrence Crawford, you can go fight Tim Zoo in Australia and make a lot of money. Yep. That's Crawford's problem. Your problem isn't Crawford's problem. Yeah. Like, listen, you figure out this belt shit on your own. Errol could probably belt collect one and y'all will run it back. You like, just yo, win. You can't win. No. You can't have them belts with them dudes looking at you. Nah. You can't so, have them belts coming off a loss and Tim Zoo and Terrence Crawford like, oh, you fool. Come back down here so we can fuck you up. Yeah. And that's Crawford's next two fights probably because Zoo is going to be the full champion as soon as Charlo steps in the ring. So Charlo is getting stripped. So him and Bud wouldn't be for Undisputed. It'd be for three titles. Yep. And then the winner of that, if there's no rematch clause, as three titles, the winner of that would fight Tim Zhu and unify against Tim Zhu in Australia. So that's a pretty good 
amount of dough right there sitting there. I mean, it's, it's probably the best case scenario. Um, one other thing. I'm so sick of the internet. Like I've been watching people talk about, oh, uh, Terrence Crawford said he would fight Canelo at a catch weight. No, he didn't. He said, the only way I find him is he could get down. He's like, he can't make that weight. And, and Canelo said it. I can't make that weight. No. And then people are like, who's ducking who? Neither of them. There's weight class for a reason. That's not going to happen. Then I the see Javante shit. Too. That too. And I'm like, oh, uh, somebody posted on social media, oh, Tank's team sent him a contract. No, they didn't. They didn't even come. Tank didn't send him a contract. Where would you, where would you get that from? Yeah. And what would make you think that Terrence Crawford has any interest in fighting Javante Davis who fought at a catch weight? A, a weight class and a half below him. There's, there's nothing there. And I hate that we're having these conversations like, why isn't he fighting Boots? Because Boots has nothing for Terrence right now. If Terrence Crawford were to fight Boots, it's a lose-lose situation. He beats his ass, people go, oh, he wasn't ready. It's, it's not like Boots is a star. Like, hardcore fight fans are interested, but ain't nobody running out here. To, like, that, that'll do what? This, the pay-per-views be all on Bud. 200. That's what I'm saying. Why would he do that? Yeah. He's at the point now where it's super fights. Yep. Super fights in history. I ain't here to defend titles. I'm going to go chase them. That's so what Canelo game. did. Yeah. Like, Tim Zoo, not going to do crazy on pay-per-view. Nah, but if you fight in Australia. Give me the gate. Yep. It's like, if you fight Tim Zoo in Australia, I could see Bud's gears turning like, ooh, enemy territory. Yep. I can touch another market. Interesting. Yep. I'm going to go take out there, that. take that belt, undisputed. And then, let's see what's good at 160 after that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious, though. I don't know. I think Crawford, you just need like one at 160. Yeah, it, it'll depend on how quickly these fights can get together because Crawford's made it very clear. It's like, I got about three fights left. He's yeah. like, maybe I could fight until I'm 45. Somebody wrote that, and I was like, he's not fighting until he's 45. Stop. But he says he feels good now, but it, he's smart. Like, people have realized that he's just like, yeah, boxing ain't going to retire me. And I'm sure the moment he feels like, ah, something's off, I'm out. Yep. He'll be, the, he'll be that guy. He won't be Roy Jones who wins and then was like, ah, let me go back. Fight. Nope. If I get, if I'm undisputed in three way classes, I'm done. We talked about like the Hispanic fighters being like, "Yo, this is a lot of money. You gonna take this home?" That's but in the U.S. Yep. You're like, nah, I just built a whole new crib in Nebraska. Like, this money go a long way. Yep. In Nebraska, I ain't moved that far. Nah. I ain't in the Hollywood Hills. Nah, he's he's the one. But dude, I keep telling y'all right now. I think Jamel Charlo is a plus two fifty in the sports book. I yeah, listen, man. I might throw a little bit of money at him. I don't trust Canelo. He's looked bad in his last few fights. Yeah, I, I trust him to win. I, I don't see a way he that Charlo's win. going to like push him to the point of losing. It's very hard to take a decision from Canelo There's in the, the United States. Like he barely he lost a split decision to Dimitri <laughs> Bivol in a fight. We were sitting there like Canelo got two rounds. Yeah, maybe four, maybe Three. tops. Like we're we're trying to give him Eight, rounds. four, and motherfucker said, "Nah, man, split decision." You ain't, it, yeah, it there's so rough. many things working against him. It is but rough. Man, look, I'll take a flyer on Charlo. Just, it's just, I think Charlo's a lot better than people say. I think Canelo's regression is very clear, and, like, people don't necessarily want to acknowledge how he didn't look good against John Ryder. He didn't look good against Gennady Golovkin. He ain't the same guy. Poor David Benavidez is like, you're going to make me fight Demetrius Andre right now? Like, what the fuck? Benavidez is going to beat the hell out of people until... He is. Until it's time. And, you know, Canelo said today, it was like, oh, we're both under the same promotional banner, so the fight can happen. Like, motherfucker, why don't you say my name? When? Yeah, like, stop stop talking about fighting Charlo. the other Charlo. Fight yeah. me. 
I'm the WBC champion. I'll be the final boss at the end of it. That's a bad boss to pick on. <laughs> Just giving him you time. I hope he does cocaine for that fight because, <laughs> bro, you don't want that smoke. Nah, he's going to get, he's going to get, I'm about to leave this fucking division because I'm huge. Yeah. David Benavidez. So that that's a whole different type of Benavidez there. Let's switch gears then um, to wrap up the show. Still got a lot to talk about in MMA. With this upcoming fight this weekend, I'm looking through last weekend's card to make sure we didn't. No, there was nothing. Not, no, Khalil Roundtree won. So Khalil Roundtree says, says he wants the main event. because I had pop. He's got pop, man. He, he needs a final round fight. I get it. Yeah, four or five winning streak. Um, Cub Swanson is still winning. He shouldn't have lost. He shouldn't have won that fight. Yeah. Everybody watched that fight and was like, "Do I do probably want a split decision at worst?" Yeah, and he gets the decision. And then Luke, that kind of owned Rafael dos Anjos. Might be time for might be RDA. Time for, yeah, might be time. We were both wrong. We both picked RDA. Didn't come out on top. Me too. He was he was looking good for a while, but then it was just like, eh, there's levels nope. levels to this. Then we have the pay per view this weekend from Boston, putting a black world champion in Boston headlining is. Uh, it's quite the decision. It's quite the choice. I talked to Aljo yesterday. Yesterday. You always bring up race. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> no, I didn't even. Actually, that's, that's no, we did. Mention. We were talking about uh, be, being, uh, teaching young black fighters what to do with their money. Like, we talked about that a little bit. We were talking about the O'Malley fight. I forgot to ask him how he felt about seeing the promo for O'Malley. It's like, where's mine? Right? Both John Anik and Sean O'Malley called him the greatest band of weight of all time. Yeah. He has the most bantamweight title defenses in history. It's crazy to think about because you'd be like Five? four. No, three. Three is the most consecutive bantamweight title defenses. Wow. Nobody's done it. Nobody's done it. Dominic Cruz didn't do it. Henry Cejudo didn't do it. Nobody's done it. Cody Garbrandt obviously didn't do it. No. Dillashaw didn't do it. Aljo has the most title defenses. And if he wins, he'll be four, which will be double everybody else. John Anik was like, well, he's like, I'm comfortable saying he's the greatest band of weight of all time because Dominic Cruz just wasn't active enough. Injuries and everything else, you know, and then when he came back, he lost. And then he got knocked out. He's like, it's hard. Aljo hasn't lost since he got head kicked to hell by Marlon Moraes. No. Boy, those two careers went different ways. It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. From that one head kick. One head kick. And Marlon Moraes has not been the same. He no. loses Cejudo. His career, he, I don't think he's won a fight since. No, no he, he won. Didn't, he beat Aldo. Remember? Yes. And but he didn't like, win that fight. They, well, nobody thought he no, won no, that fight. Aldo won that fight. <laughs> and Aldo hasn't lost since. He hasn't lost since. He beat mm. Cejudo. He uh, beat yeah. Peter Jan twice. Like Jan was nerfing him that first fight. He was. And he blew it. kicked in the head. He blew it. And now we're heading into this fight where, I, to me, it's to put some respect on my name fight. Because I, I beat Cejudo. Like, I beat him. Now I got to fight this guy. Yeah, retired. TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, I, I said, like, say what you want about TJ. I smoked him. Yeah, motherfucker came in one arm, almost ripped yeah. it off. Yeah, yeah. I him smoked him. him. I smoked his ass. And now I got to fight Sean O'Malley, who's your rising star. So we had your, your, your living legend coming out of retirement. We had your longstanding champion. We had, we've had all these, and I beat them all. Now you're giving me the, the young guy. And Aljo, he's like, pretty frank, he was like, this is my last fight. Yep. You know, there's there's no reason for me to continue doing this. It's Marab's division after this. 
The only thing he has to do is be Sean O'Malley. And the more I think about it, I think he is. Sean O'Malley's made it very clear. He has clear. more ways to win. Well, yeah. Sean has one way to win. It's a very good way to win. Yeah. The problem is, and we'll see how this thing, there's two things. If Aljo starts getting cute with kicks, he's going to lose. <laughs> I, I get why he does it. Little kicks. But it works when you're fighting other fighters who don't strike that well. Right? So, like, if you do those little cute kicks with Henry Cejudo to get inside and to control range, that works because they're not as long as Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley figures out how to get around the kick and just counter you with the right hand, like scoot back and fire, catch and shoot. You might be in trouble. But if you just press him against the cage, I don't think Aljo's going to have a hard time getting this fight to the canvas. And if it gets to the mat, you can forget about it. I guess O'Malley's grappling is not like Conor McGregor levels of atrocious. You don't need to do this. You got to do enough to survive and get back up for another round. I don't think he will. It's tough. Like, Petr Jan is different, right? He's like a wrestler. Aljo's a grappler. Yeah. And everybody that's talked about Aljo, it's funny because nobody likes him. Like, even TJ Dillashaw was like, ah, strike, he strikes like he's scared. But he's like, when he gets you on the ground, I've never dealt with anybody that strong. So Hudo said the same thing. He's fucking big. Yeah, he was like, he's so strong. Because he took an Olympic wrestler down multiple times. He's like, yeah. fuck them gold medals. He told me, he was like, he was like, I hope Henry Cejudo comes back so he can defend our gold medal. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he was like, that's mine too, because yeah. I, I wrestled him. If he gets his hands wrapped around O'Malley, I think he's like, maybe O'Malley lasts around, and hopefully, thank God, he, like to him, he prays that he has energy coming out around too, because it's suffocating. Yeah. Dillashaw, they've all said it's like when Aljo gets you down, it's hard. It makes you work a lot. I think Aljo's going to submit him. I see it playing out and if it goes to the decision then that means Aljo just wet blanketed him but I, I don't see yes. that happening because you can't let the man get up right because you every time you let him get up to start another round you're taking an unnecessary risk it and has to do your little stupid kicks again so when you get him down it's finishing time and we've he seen Aljo to. like wrap people to fuck up so that's not like a problem of Aljo it's just when you look at this when he did stand up, I'm trying to go back and look at, like, the Jan fight. Stood up. Ugh, that was that was dicey. Went to decision against Jimmy Rivera. Decision against Pedro Munoz. Decision against Cody Stammen. Decision against Brett Johns. Like, Marlon Moraes' loss was 2017. Yeah. Six years ago. And Moraes got him. How you got to get him? Round one. One minute. You got to catch him. Start him quick. Don't let him build any momentum. Don't let him take your ass down to the ground because it's over. Hen and Burrell, three minutes. Like, there's a lot of decisions for a guy who is an amazing grappler and submission guy. You got to be able to fight circling off the cage, moving backward. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that Ryan you have Carraway to do. Caraway got a decision off of him, but still submitted Mizugaki, Johnny Eduardo. Like, the submissions are there. Two people would be an Aljo. Two and a possible. And he hasn't lost in damn near six years. It's tough, man. The disrespect for Aljo is It's wild. insane. Like, the, the disrespect for Aljo, like, he continues to win fights. That and being said, I'm picking Sean O'Malley. Look, I get it. I get it. The striking is, it's so good. Like, Sean O'Malley's striking so crisp. It's so good that if Aljo makes a mistake, he's getting knocked out. Yeah. Like, if he make all it takes is one mistake against O'Malley, and he's going to catch you. Now, the thing is, it ain't going to be a head kick. It's going to be a punch. And will that put... Aljo away. Because if O'Malley tries his stupid fucking kicks, the spinning kicks getting, and everything. He's getting taken down. You're getting taken down 
expeditiously. And now the, the other issue is it, it, a, a lot of people, if you want to pay attention, like look close to this fight, listen to TJ Dillashaw talk about this fight because he like slanders Aljo, but then he gives him props. So like he talks about striking. He's like, he strikes when he's scared, but then he gets you down. And he's like, I've never felt nothing that strong. He's like, the other thing is Aljo doesn't stop trying to take you down. It's not like he goes, ah, that didn't work. I'm going to move on. It's relentless. Now, if you're built like Jan was, you can shrug that shit off. O'Malley's not Jan. He's no. not stocky. He's not low to the ground. If, if he can't keep Aljo off of him and Aljo just repeatedly is going for takedowns, yes, Aljo probably eventually get tired. But your frame isn't the type of frame that's going to – you can't shove him off of you. If he clasps his hands, you're going – you're taking a ride. Yep. He might slam you. There's so many things that O'Malley has to do right, but the one thing that he does right is the perfect thing to stop Aljamain Sterling. I'm just not picking against him. No, I mean, that's fair. I can't, I can't <laughs> knock that. Um, I just believe in, like, certain stars have star-making moments yeah. and moments where it seems inconceivable that they're going to win, and that's when they win. So I think this is that moment for Sean O'Malley. Like, since he signed in the fucking Snoop Dogg commentary... Yep. And every it seems like it's been just a start to a career of destiny. And this should be the point that puts him over the edge. Now everyone, you know, story doesn't have a happy end. But this this seems like where he's headed, where it's like, you know what? This is a guy you shouldn't beat. Stylistically, you shouldn't beat him. He's on the best stretch, I guess, ever in the bandweight division. You you don't have many ways to win this. You just need one. So I'm taking O'Malley by knockout. It's the only way he can win. For some reason, just like in my heart, in my head, it's very weird. I'm being on vacation. I'm not even going to see this shit. I'll check my phone like later in the night. But I feel like Aljo's going to take him to the ground in like a slam or a weird position. And O'Malley might throw up a triangle and submit Aljamain Sterling, and which is just going to blow people's fucking mind that he submitted him from the bottom, and it's going to be the craziest shit ever. Um, I don't know why I feel that way, but I would just pick Sean O'Malley by knockout because it's smarter. But Aljo, like you said, it, I don't know how it stays on the feet without Aljo landing one takedown. So it's one of those where I've been seeing O'Malley's grappling. He's talked about his grappling for so long. It's actually something he's very proud of, and he does a lot of it. It's just, he's like, yo, I haven't had to show this at all. You're not taking Aljo down. But it's one of those things where it's like, yo, can how good is your defensive jujitsu? Can I you know. throw up some wild shit and, and get this submission? So I could see it happening, but give me O'Malley by by knockout because it's the safe pick. I'm I'm not a betting man like Nick, because if I he's probably betting a submission. Nick loves the jujitsu, the subathon. <laughs> yeah, I'll up. Another another subathon weekend for Nick in the booth. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna just listen to Veterans Minimum this week and see who I, who's gonna win, who I should bet on. Outside of that, and we always work backwards nowadays in the main event. Uh, Weili Zhang versus Amanda Lemos. Zhang's gonna win this fight. I think we've seen a lot of upsets in women's I know, MMA lately. I know. I just don't see it with this one. Amanda Lemos has won two in a row. Um, remember, she got. It's like, it's so crazy. Three fights ago, she got submitted by a standing arm triangle by Jessica Andrade. Yeah. Jessica Andrade ain't won shit since. And Lemos is in a title opportunity. But I think that, you know, Whaley Zhang is just, she's such a monster. Yeah. Right? Like, 
The reason why Rose Damianunas was able to beat her because Rose is really good counter-striking. And she's really good on her feet. She has great movement. She does everything right to offset somebody like Zhang because Rose did it to Jessica Andrade. You could say that Zhang and Andrade are basically the same fighter, except Zhang is a little bit stronger and technique is better. And Rose was better than both of them. Rose is just in her head when she can't win fights. But Zhang beat Yona and Jacek. Like, dude, I don't see Amanda Lemos beating her. I just, I don't. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it either. Uh, Whaley Zane, by however she wants. I, I just think it's going to be a decision. Be, if it goes five rounds, hopefully not. But, I mean, give me a decision. It, it could get really ugly in there. Yeah. Because if Lamos, for whatever reason, fought, like, Zane's going to get her takedown. And Zane's top pressure is fucking phenomenal. And her ground and pound is great. And if she survives and Lamos gets, like, weary and doesn't, you know, starts fighting like Irene Aldana did against yeah. Amanda Nunez, this thing could get ugly. Yeah, it'd be cut up. I mean, but she'll survive, and that she should survive. It might and won't look good all up in here. No, nah, yeah, this might be very brutal. And Wei Lee can keep that belt warm for warm for Tatiana Suarez. Yeah, I just don't think Suarez is getting the next title shot. No, but down the road, keep keep that keep that belt Probably, warm. Yeah, and then Neil Magny, Ian Gary. I mean, late replacement going to Magny. Just, Neil Magny's everywhere. Yeah, he just. But if you can beat Neil Magny. I just feel like this man's had 79 UFC fights and we just have been paying attention. Neil Magny's been fighting since in the UFC since before I covered the sport. I can't say that about many people. He's, I mean, John is like one of, like, this. he's reaching the cup Swanson. <laughs> like, it's like, yo, are you still here, bro? It keeps winning. I mean, he, he's the litmus test. He should change his name to the litmus test. Like, he's that guy. He also looks like Lakeith Stansfield and Get Out. If you put the little hat on him. He does. He looks like, like Halloween costume time. Yeah, you know, that's what Neil Magny should be. You got to let him know that. Um, but Ian Machado Gary is going to. Yeah. I, I think he's really, I think he's the real deal. Um, Jeff Neal, unfortunately, couldn't take this fight. <laughs> Ian Gary was like, it's because he's scared. He's fighting a prospect. I don't think that was it, but sounds good. Yeah. Uh, but, good. Talk yeah. that trash so you can reschedule it and we can see. Sure. Because we just got to see how good you are. That's all. And Neil Magny is like that next step below. He kind of skipped Magny. And yeah. the, the universe was just like, no, 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 not so fast. No one goes through welterweight they without a, going through Neil Magny. They haven't uh, booked Shavkat. They haven't given him an opponent yet. It's just kind of like Kevin Gaslam gets <laughs> a spinning elbow and train. Like, you got to fire that guy. He can't come back. Yeah. What are you what doing? Doing spinning shit in here. And I'm yeah. preparing for a fight. Got to make some money. <laughs> yeah, and even if he was going to lose. But I'm surprised they haven't announced the name for Chef Kavrikmanov yet. Are you? Do you want to fight him? No, but that's <laughs> the problem. It's like you have a welterweight title fight coming up. Chef Kat's undefeated with all finishes in all different ways, shapes, or forms. It's supposed to be Mexican independence today. So you, you got to find this guy an opponent. Mm -hmm. I don't know who you put him up in there against because it's food, but I'm surprised. No, I ain't fighting him. No. I'm looking through here. Oh, Cheeto. Vera versus Pedro Munoz. Cheeto's been the best part of the UFC embedded so far. I haven't watched him yet. Oh, uh, there's only like two. Yeah, there's two. I haven't watched him yet. Yeah. Maybe I've seen three, but they give them to us in advance. But he's hilarious. He's trying to pronounce Massachusetts. Yeah, <laughs> it's like one of the best things. And the person explaining it to him can't really make sense of why it's a word either. <laughs> so he's like trying to figure out like, what the fuck does this mean? And they're like, yo, I can't even tell you. Why is this a place? <laughs> He's, the back and forth is great. And 
today, when when you look at it and O'Malley was getting interviewed, I think by us, O'Malley was like, hey, if Cheeto wins and I win, I want to defend the title against him in December. Yeah, of course. And I was just like, uh, you just bypass him, Rob? Yes. This man, got his, your, this man got your jacket on. He feels, I, I know exactly what this is. I mean, this, there's a. Cheeto beat him. Yes. Allegedly. I mean, he beat him. I know it's crazy that, that <laughs> we're here, but if Cheeto wins and looks good against Pedro Munoz, then yeah, you have to do Cheeto versus O'Malley. O'Malley wins. Sucks for Marab. I don't know what, what you do with him. He beats uh, everyone else. That doesn't matter. But you want to stay. You, you want to stay active. I just feel like the UFC, Dana White and Hunter Campbell, will just be like, they'll treat O'Malley like, well, what do you want to do next? Instead yeah. of like, they tell Aljo what to do. They won't tell O'Malley what to do. Like Aljo, you're dude. Uh, Aljo just fought in May. He fought Cejudo in May. That's the other thing I don't like about this fight. The turnaround was very quick. Super quick. And after that fight, he was like, hey, I want some time off. And they're like, no. Yeah, he told me he's gonna, if he wins, he says he's like, I'm taking time off. Like He's like, you're not going to see me for the rest of the year. I'm taking some time off. I need to. He does need to. Kill yeah, his body. They treat him horribly. Chris Weidman. The return of Chris Weidman. Uh, our Brad broadcast. Tavares. It's a good matchup for him. It's a very good matchup. I mean, it's a matchup that if you don't win, it's time to pack it in. Uh it's so hard, like, just think, Chris Wyman, Luke Rockhold, they all cut from the same cloth. And when the, when the chips started not falling in the direction, like, it, the avalanche was bad. Rockhold just bad. Ended up in BKFC getting knocked out by Mike Perry. Oh, my God, he did. Yeah, got his teeth knocked out. Wyman, he just, this was a guy who beat Anderson Silva. Like, he beat Anderson Silva, Leona Machida, Vitor Belfort. Like, people are like, man, he might be the next great middleweight champion of the world. But the UFC turnover is so fast, we forget. Like, people forget how good Hennon Burrell was when he was champ. Nobody talks about it anymore. That's pre-USADA, though. I know, right? USADA came in and hit him like a ton of bricks. But uh, I don't know what Chris Weidman has left. Like, his, his body won't allow him to have what he used to have left I, I, just breaks down in every. But Br- Brad Tavares is like, he's just not special. He's a good, durable fighter who can beat you. Yeah. And that's exactly what you got to find out with Chris Weidman. It's like, if this guy can beat you, I shouldn't be fighting. It's time to just be in the booth. Because the Chris Weidman who used to be champion would have murdered him. Oh, yeah. Like, but would have ragdolled him. Right. And this is, Brad Tavares has been here, if not longer than Chris Weidman, but he's been steady. And Weidman's decline has been steep. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Chris Weidman because he's on Sirius XM with me. <laughs> That's all I got. You don't want the man to be in a booth permanently yeah. um, with you. You know, I mean, just the injuries. The Uriah Hall fight ended by injury. Dominic Reyes' fight was ugly. Lost that one. Lost to Jacques Reagan. Knocked out. Submission win versus Kelvin Gaslam. Musasi. <laughs> I mean, look at, the, look at these yeah, names that aren't out. even here anymore. Yeah, Gagar's long gone. Y'all Romero knocked him out. Y'all Romero He's been gone. knocked out a lot. He, dude, it, he was the man until Lou Rockhold showed up. Lou Rockhold beat him. And then Lou Rockhold was like, I'm the man. Nobody remembers any of these guys now. It, it feels like the title has gone, this is completely wrong, but it felt like the title was Anderson Silva, Israel Adesanya. 100%. Just hand this off. Like Robert Whitaker, Luke Rockhold, Michael Bisping, 
Chris Weidman is weird because like it GSP. Was a, don't disrespect GSP. Oh my God. You're right. Um, <laughs> but you look at those names that I just named, and Chris Weidman probably had the best run of them all, but it doesn't feel like it. No. It feels like it went from Anderson Silver to Israel Adesanya. Some Whitaker had the best run. Whitaker had a good run. I mean, but, he didn't beat Anderson Silva twice. Like, no. Like, Robert Whitaker had a run like... Um, but Rocco beat the shit out of White. He did. And then it, it, it just wasn't the same. Conceivably, lost to Bisping after talking mad shit. It's like, how do you lose to Michael Bisping after beating Chris Weidman? I saw Hendo beat Bisping after that. My eyes never lie to me. If it was scored like it is today, he knocked him down three times in one round and got a 10-9. Yeah, no, which is insane. Like, if you give the man a 10-7, 10-6 round, he's a champion. And then Bisping is like, oh, I'm going to fight another old guy. And then GSP. So, so... I guess this is what it is, is if Weidman has to win this fight, this sucks. I hate saying this. If we want to remember Chris Weidman as a UFC middleweight champion with a great run, he's got to start winning fights again. He's fading into obscurity. Yeah. And it's so crazy because he, he now he just becomes the guy that broke Anderson Silva's leg, even though he knocked him out the first fight. Even though he beat Machida, even though he beat Belfort, he just becomes the guy that broke Anderson Silva's leg. That sucks. That's the UFC. Comes at you fast, bro. It does. <laughs> Comes at you fast. So we'll see how everything plays out. We'll recap UFC when we get back because we have, by that time, two cards to recap and then previewing another one. So we'll have a nice little MMA show by the time we get back after this vacation. We didn't have a guest today, but we appreciate you all for listening every week to this MMA show and to all of our episodes this is our last normal episode for two weeks. But again, as I said to begin this, we have some special episodes coming out that are very fun, very cool. Me and Dre are having a blast recording these. So hopefully you have a blast listening to them. And we've heard you on social media mixing in the hip hop podcast and the whole episode uh, for hip hop and story time. And people are requesting a story about Dre's grandma again. Oh God. It's, it's, yeah, been, it's been a while. So we are going to mix that in when we have light weeks, either in pro wrestling, boxing, or MMA. I'm sure several will come up soon. So that's going to be really fun to make sure we fill out these three shows every week with the best content possible. So we appreciate you all. Follow us social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram, the Corner Podcast everywhere else. And check us out wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Thank you, everyone here at Blue Wire Studios. Won't be back here for two weeks. We love you, though. Thanks, everyone who walks by and listens. For myself, for the old man, Andreas Hell, we're out. Peace. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.